I'm gonna trick former guest Ben into making us theme song. That's it. Okay. Better, closer, warmer. Uh, all modern art is communistic. I want to be the first man to nut in space. Fuck you. Fuck off. Where are we finding it? Why can't we Better, find it? Closer, Why do you guys warmer. keep saying all this change? We're playing Fortnite. Let's have fun. We need to get to that post-World War II mentality where Better, closer, no one in the warmer. world is going to Twitch and typing in climate first. Don't tweet us about how our stuff's inaccurate. At this point, I don't think the N-word tape would change anything. The piss tape might. From New Orleans to New York. It's the Alienos Podcast, baby. Dude, that was TNT. Welcome back to the Millennials Podcast. That guy is Seth. And the other guy is Smith. And we are here on uh, Memorial Day 2020, my friends. Yes. It's, what a day uh, it's been. Yeah, hey, we had the day off, right? How much memorializing have you done? Of anything. <laughs> Just anything, maybe. Uh, I retweeted the Halo account's Memorial Day message, so I think I pretty much got it covered. What was their message? It was just some, like, it had Master Chief looking off into a sunset while some fucking sci-fi planes flew, like, flew behind him going, like, we remember your sacrifice or whatever. Wow, that is tasteless, almost. It but is. Also, I don't care that much, so, you know. And it says some shit, like, to our future soldiers, and I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. Do you think that Halo's going to become real one day? Because that is not a world I want to live in. What if Halo is a game that's like sent from the future? Oh, shit. And the reason they keep getting worse and worse is because the future gets worse and worse. That reminds me of... So you know John Carpenter, right? Yep, heard of him. One of the great directors. Yes. Uh, horror movies especially. Horror, science fiction, you know, stuff like Have that. Have you ever seen uh, The Prince of Darkness? No underrated movie in my opinion of his he considers it part of a trilogy with the thing and the mouth of madness his apocalypse okay. trilogy it's like some scientists are invited by a, a secret sect of catholic priests to an old church to study this big ass fucking tube of green liquid which supposedly contains satan or whatever right and there's the typical horror movie shit alice cooper has a cameo as a homeless guy who's killing people in the streets it's very weird but throughout the movie, the scientists can get these dreams, and it's like a handheld camera shot of the front of this church, right? And there's this weird kind of buzzy voice in the back saying, this is not a dream. You you are seeing what is actually happening. Our technology is not advanced far enough to, to, uh, to deal with conscious neural interference. We are broadcasting from the year 1999, because the movie takes place in the 80s, of course. And... Each time the person gets a dream, you see a little bit more of the, of the handheld camera footage, which goes to the front of the church, and you see this dark figure emerging, and it's supposed to be, I guess, Satan, you know, emerging into the world's heart of the apocalypse. And it's never actually explicitly said in the movie, but it's like they're trying to prevent the apocalypse by creating literally a causality uh, uh, error. They're trying to break the time flow by sending information back that shouldn't exist. Uh, they fail, I think, at the end of the movie, but it's a very interesting idea, a mixture of the, the supernatural and the scientific. Okay. That sounds really interesting. Yeah, it's one of the Carpenters I've never seen. John Carpenter actually has a pretty eclectic, you know, background. I think about, like, Big Trouble in Old China, which is yeah. a very different kind of movie. 
then you get into like the thing and assault on precinct 13 and yeah he does he had a really interesting career and you know very um he was very much into practical effects and really pushed yeah. forward a lot of technology we had for practical effects with his movies um because back then they were just called effects yeah <laughs> did you ever see uh, his assault from uh, Prison 13 movie i never saw it no it's like it's some wild ass shit at the beginning where these like three gang members or leaders like cut their hands and like drip blood into a bowl together and it's like and the kids the gang members in the movie they're just like zombies zombies with guns essentially is what they are they're not personified in any kind of way and it makes it very disturbing to watch how these silent you know young gang members are shooting these guys in the, in the, in the, the police station it's very offsetting interesting the, re- the remake did not do that and it sucked yeah, I think I've I've seen like half of the remake because I got kind of bored with it. I think I was on Netflix at one point. Yeah, I've seen that. No, yeah, not very good. I always wanted to watch back to back the two versions of well, the, the original remake of the tell the, the taking of Pelham one two three. Because I've heard there's some interesting contrast between those two movies. Because like, Denzel's uh, in the second one, right? No, you're talking. Are you talking about Manchurian Candidate? No. Or taking a pillow one two because Martin Cherry Candidate has Denzel Washington in the. That's the, true. I think taking a pillow one two three does as well. I think so. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I, I was just about to say I would like to watch the original Manchurian Candidate and the more recent one back to back. It's a good idea. Um, I'll do that one day. Very different movies. Um, From what I understand, yeah, I never watched the the uh, remake, the Jonathan Demme one. Yeah, yeah, I never watched that one. Yeah. Does that have Aaron Eckhart in it as the Manchurian Candidate? No, the Manchurian candidate is Denzel Washington. Okay, right, right, right. Yeah. Who's the, other, who's the other lead? You're thinking of um, Thank You for Smoking? <laughs> I'm probably thinking of, uh, what is it? Uh, Angel Has Fallen or London Has Fallen? Whichever one of the movies it is. Um, Leave Schreiber is the, Liv- the other oh. lead in, um, in that movie. It's also got Meryl Streep, Vera Farmiga. Wow. Damn. I gotta rewatch that one. I didn't, know, I didn't realize I had that cast. Liam Schreiber is a weird actor, too, because, like, I think most people probably know him from the X-Men movies when he's played Sabretooth. Yeah, but, but now everyone knows him from Ray Donovan, his <laughs> television show. Which, by the way, I think got, like, seven or eight seasons. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Must be super cheap to film. Yeah. It was one I of those shows that, that, like, no one... No one you know ever talked about it, but there was enough people out there who like watched it, and it was like their show. They just yeah. had to keep making it. It's like it's like, it's like Bones. It's Bones, exactly. Bones, yeah. except for except for Bones was still a, a successful show, but it was like successful with like you know the NCIS crowd, like older people who stay home and they just they watch these two or three shows every night. Which and one of them ended up being The Big Bang Theory for some reason, and it became the biggest show in the world. But yeah, like Bones would get like 10 million viewers a night, and you're like, how? And it's like, old people, they just, they need something to watch, and it's something. But who's the target demographic for Ray Donovan? I don't know. Scum, scumbums. Scumbums. Uh, <laughs> fucking crust lords. Um, <laughs> I don't know. People who like, people who go to nightclubs on like a Wednesday. I think that's yeah. who like Ray Donovan was made for. And they all watched Ray Donovan. That's why they went to the nightclub to talk about Ray Donovan. And it is stayed. It, is it like people who are desperately trying to have another show like The Sopranos or something? Which is, or, or I don't know, like a crime, a crime guy show? I really have no idea. I, I mean, I heard that like, from, from what I know, everyone knows it's a dumb show. 
but they just like it and they just like hey yeah, I'll, I'll watch every episode for some reason there's a bunch yeah. of weird shows there's a show on showtime or whatever called power mm. um about and, like set in chicago or whatever about i don't know apparently after season one it becomes just a complete shit show like it's just awful but there's enough people who are like this is the only show i care about on this earth that they can just yeah. keep making it i think they made like five or six seasons there was a time when I kept seeing ads for that show, and it had a tagline of "Who shot Ghost?" And I'm, I'm like, like "How they shoot Ghost?" First yes. of all, because he's first a fucking all, ghost. Who was a ghost? How they become a ghost? Ghosts are real, and it first, how they kill him? It was probably Egon, to be honest. Yeah, that, that's why I think that's what happened in the show too. <laughs> I think they, they that's how they wrapped up that season. And I know that I should not relate Ray Donovan to this show because the other show I'm about to mention is is much better. Uh, apparently, Ray Donovan, but I, I keep thinking that show with uh, Idris Elba, uh, Luther. Luther. I've never watched a single episode. Oh no! Better, better example of this is the Amazon original Bosch. Bosch, yes. I, I mean, heard a lot can you Bosch. think of a show that no one has ever watched but has five seasons like that? Bosch. Amazon original Sneaky Pete. Sneaky Pete. But I think it had like two seasons. Bosch has yeah. had like five, six successful, apparently, seasons that people wanted to watch. And it had enough of an audience to keep going. It's got that actor who's now, I cannot remember, but I've seen him and stuff before. I have no idea who the fuck yeah. he is. He's, he's just that guy who you see and stuff. You're like, oh, I've seen him before. But you never like IMDb him because you don't care that much. Did that other Amazon show with Billy Bob Thornton, Goliath, keep going? or did that I think Goliath had off? three or four seasons. His name is Jesus. Titus Welliver. Wow, that's a hell of a name. Is the name of Harry Bosch. <laughs> Man, and there's a the the second bill person on this show. Her the actress's name is Madison Lentz. Okay. And they care so little about this character. Her name is just Maddie. There's no last <laughs> name. Every other character has a last name. Is it the same as her Maddie, actual name? No. You said you said Madison Lentz, right? Yeah. So but her, her name character's is name is Maddie, which is short for Madison. Yeah. Or they, Madeline. They, they, were just, they were really, really fucking lazy with this girl. They were like, Madison, we'll call her Maddie. Oh, and what are we writing down for the last name? Uh, don't worry about it. We'll do that later. And then they just no, never did. Not needed. All right. And now, since we're just on this roll, let's just look up how many uh, seasons. Okay, so I, just typing in Goliath, I get yeah, the yeah. searches are Goliath Season 3, Goliath Season 2, and then Goliath Season 4. <laughs> so let's see what it actually went to. It has gone for four seasons. No, three seasons. And it, apparently it might get renewed. Wow. Oh, renewed for fourth and final season. Okay, so, well, there you go. Enough people watch Goliath. Wow. It's like that, what's that called? That show on Amazon also called Homecoming, which I never watched. Based on a podcast. Yeah. And did it's directed it by have... Sam Esmail. But who was the who was the lead actress? The Julia Roberts. Said, and she's been replaced by Janelle Monae, right? Janelle Monae. Well, not replaced. I think she's a new character. Okay. But, yeah. She's in all the fucking promotional material. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is. And did you get those t- that confused with the other Janelle Monae project, Antebellum? Antebellum. At first, I did. Because I saw a review for something, and it had Janelle Monae on it. I'm like, oh, did they just like release this movie early or something because of COVID or whatever? And then, no, it was that. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, never... Didn't, didn't ever watch it. I don't not, never heard the podcast it's based on, but me neither. Meh, same as Mel, probably pretty good. It's like Oh yeah, remember how we were talking about the idea of movies coming out on streaming and just skipping the theaters entirely? Yeah. I think our first mid level movie has done that now. Which uh, one? It's the Artemis Fowl movie. 
Artemis Fowl, yes, it's coming out on Disney Plus now. Which looks terrible. It does look strange. I, d- I made a joke the other day when I, was, I, I saw the trailer. I was watching Twitch and an ad came up for it. And about two seconds in, I was like, man, the Dune movie does not look good. <laughs> I was like, I don't, I don't know if I trust this one. Oh, um, fuck. That's good, but, though. Yeah, it looks strange. And, uh, I mean, and apparently now what you can do is you can make a whole movie. Not if it doesn't involve Netflix at all. Netflix had nothing to do with it. And then the the pandemic hits, and you want to release it, so then you sell it to Netflix for distribution, and they just get to call it a Netflix original movie. Yeah, that's what happened with this movie, Lovebirds. Um, yeah, probably one of the, the the bigger, more more recent movies um, to to get released that way, because the other ones like went to Amazon for like you know you could you could pay twenty bucks to watch it, like a bunch of movies did. This movie was just like we're going straight to Netflix, and Netflix is like okay. Uh, we own it now, though. It's our movie. We had nothing to do with it, but we own it now. And I've realized they do that with a lot of shit. So mm-hmm. I'm watching this show, um, this documentary series called The Last Dance, which is about the Chicago Bulls going for their last championship with Michael Jordan on the team, going for a second three-peat. Um, and I'm not I'm not watching it on ESPN. I'm watching it elsewhere. Um, and I'm watching it the way that it is in, in France. And... This, this, this show is entirely made by ESPN and NBA Entertainment. Netflix had nothing to do with it. But in France, since there's no ESPN distribution there, they're like, okay, you can watch it on Netflix. So I watched this French version, and it says, ba-bum, Netflix original, <laughs> before the fucking thing. And I'm like, yeah. how is that, like, what, how is that legal? Like, how can you put in your contract, by the way, we get to say we made this. My question is, how is Michael Jordan's French accent? What do you mean? It's in French, right? I mean, I'm wa- I mean, the, the I'm watching it with English audio. Okay, the, how are they hearing it? They're watching it with French audio. I'm assuming, or maybe some of them speak English. Maybe they're did watching somebody, it with subtitles. Did someone dub Michael Jordan in French? Because I'd love I'm to assuming hear that. they watched it with subtitles. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna assume that when they found all this archival footage of the Chicago Bulls, they didn't find different people to dub each of their voices in France. But how many times on the news do you see, like, a foreign news report and someone starts speaking in, like, fucking, I don't know, Arabic, and then you hear a British guy come on and say some shit that's the exact same thing but translated, like... Pretty often, but I don't know if you would, I don't know if you would pay to do that for an entire, like, uh, multi-million dollar documentary series. Maybe. I don't know. Okay, I'll turn the French audio on and see what happens. (laughs) The most egregious example of what you're talking about, by the way, was when Netflix made that big deal and got uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion on there and the fucking Netflix original popped up on that. Yeah, and it's like Netflix original. A show from before Netflix was even thought of. This show is so (laughs) fucking old. It was like, oh, but we made it. Don't worry. Also, we ruined it, just so you know. We took out incredibly important shit for some reason. Did they? I didn't hear about that. Yeah. The part where it plays uh, Fly Me to the Moon when uh, Shinji and Kaoru are having their fucking, like, dude romance is just gone. So instead you just hear, like, four straight minutes of nothing. Wow. Okay. Yeah. It's very weird to listen to, to see. Also, one of the first, what they claim to be a Netflix original... Uh, what was it called? Uh, it was House of Cards. And the other big thing was Army Hammer... Lily Hammer. Lily Hammer. Lily Hammer like was f- the first Netflix original, technically. Which was like a foreign show. They just slapped a Netflix name yeah, on it. Yeah, it had the guy who played fucking... I <sighs> can't remember his fucking name from Sopranos. And he was... I'm pretty sure his character in that show had the same name as his character on Sopranos. People were like, oh, it's a sequel, kind of. But yeah, mm-hmm. it was like a fucking 
Icelandic show or something, and then Netflix was like, oh, it's ours. We made it. Yeah, it was like an Italian or American Italian mob guy gets sent yeah. to Iceland for like witness protection or some shit. And everybody thought, everybody was like, oh, Netflix has two shows. It's like, nope, it's just some, it's just an Icelandic show they took, they took and put her name People on. People forget those original Netflix shows because there was like, there's Lily Hammer, which was mm-hmm. not really their show. And then there was House of Cards, which was their first like big production. But then, I'm not sure if it was the second or third or whatever, but one of their very early shows was a, a show helmed by Eli Roth called Hemlock yes. Grove. That got three seasons, by the way. Yeah. And I watched the first season and had like Famke Jansen in it. And I can't remember. There's like one other actor I knew. And it was unwatchable dribble. Mm-hmm. But they just kept making it. And they were like. Wasn't it like werewolves? There's all kinds of shit. There were, werewolves were the main thing. But yeah, they, I think by the third season, it was like every, it was like every supernatural thing ever was in it. So kind of like True Blood's progression. Yeah, basically. Except it had like, Eli Roth making it. Yeah. So, you know, it had uh, even less tact than True yeah. Blood. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's not, not a lot of nuance on, uh, on Eli Roth's productions. Seth, do you remember... <laughs> okay, folks, we're going to reveal something real quick here. We watched True Blood, most of it. We watched not... all but the final season. We, we watched six point. seasons and never watched the final one. Do you we, remember... we couldn't let it go. We were too into it. We didn't want to see all these characters go. Did you remember the villain of, like, season... Three, the older vampire guy. Yes. Remember the him? The vampire lord or whatever. Yes. Does he not, if you just glance at him for a second, does he not look like the guy, does he not look like Bob Odenkirk? Bob Odenkirk. Okay. He looks like Bob Odenkirk, folks. In my head, when he goes on TV and kills that news anchor and gives that huge speech, I just see Bob Odenkirk giving that speech. Like, that's who it is in my head. He looks right. just like uh, him. I'm going to pull a picture of the guy, and I'm going to glance at it real quick. I'm going to go, okay? Right. I'm going to see uh-huh. what I think. Okay. Wait, was that Bob Odenkirk? <laughs> Wait a minute. Was it? No, you know what? Actually, now that I'm looking at him, and I'm looking at the picture of him when he kills the person on TV, he mm-hmm. kind of looks like Bob Odenkirk and David Tennant. Like yeah, mixed. I can see that. The hair, especially. Yeah, he's, he's got that, that, that thing going on with those two guys. Because don't forget, Christopher Maloney is in that show. Yep. A guy who I've only ever seen in one other thing, and it's that fucking cop show he's been on for like 25 years. Okay, you've also seen him on Wet Hot American Summer. Do not erase that movie. You're right. Okay, my bad. He looks so yeah. different in that movie, though. He's like skinny in that movie, but he's like fucking... He's yeah, not he's jacked. Yeah, he's a little slimmer in that movie, yeah. Yeah, but he, he's not jacked in the in the cop show, but he's yeah. like a beefier looking dude. So it's... Yeah. It's weird. I don't know. Um, Does he have hair in Wet Hot American Summer or no? He's still got a little cool guy bald. Yeah, he's bald. He's bald. Okay. I think he has like a beard. Um, but yeah, that's uh that that show, man. Uh, Chris Bauer was on that show. Oh, you're right. The guy who was on the your favorite season of The Wire. Um, <laughs> the guy who played a uh, uh, Hank on Breaking Bad was in True Blood. Yep, remember that uh, from like, one a- episode. A- Asac Schrader, Dean Norris was there. Yeah. Um, Wait, what'd you call him? Asac Schrader. That was his, uh, that was yeah. his name at the end of the end of the show before he got. Yeah. Um. Has some people. I guess it had a. It had um. The girl from Daredevil. What's her fucking name? She's. She plays the main the female. Oh, Deborah Ann Wall. Deborah Ann Wall. Yeah, that's where I first saw her at. Yeah, she's a D and D nerd now. Oh. Or I guess really? she always has been. But, oh, you didn't know this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she plays D and D and like you know like on Twitch and stuff, and she she's played played D and D for a long time apparently. 
I have never once seen the what's his name Bill from that show from True Blood. Oh I've yeah, never seen Stephen Moyer. Uh, why do I even know his name? Never seen him in anything else. And I guess he got seven seasons worth of paychecks, so you know that's true. Take that to the bank. The guy, who, at that point. the guy who played uh, Lafayette, like one of the best characters on the show. Never seen him in anything else. Nope. De- completely dead man. Um, I think I saw the guy that played the guy who owned the bar in one other thing. Yeah, he's 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 been he's like a bit bit guy and some stuff. Sam, that was his name. Why do yeah. I remember this shit? I don't know, dude. My favorite show, I guess. I love that show. Um, Speaking of Daredevil, the guy from that show, the main character was in Charlie Cox. Yeah. Never seen anything else. Nope, not him. Not um, Foggy. None of them. Yeah. He was a pretty good actor, in my opinion. I like that guy. Which one? The guy who played Foggy. Okay, but not Charlie Cox. I think he's a, a, good, a fine enough actor. I mean, wow, so there's him. a big delineation between the two of those. You said Foggy was really good, and Charlie Cox was just okay. Well, I, I think the guy who plays Foggy gets more to work with. In terms okay. of being... like Guys who play people with sight, they get, they get <laughs> all the... That's who's holding him back? Is he has to be a blind man? That's right. Okay. Exactly. Okay. Uh-huh. I see how it is. Some would say that's more impressive. That's like I mean, harder to act as. No, but you're saying, saying it's is, not. You're saying it. It's like easy. Okay. Le- being have, blind is easy, according to you. Okay. It is. It is. Uh, <laughs> all these blind motherfuckers out here have it so easy in life. Oh my god. Uh, no, but like the the guy who played Daredevil, he doesn't get. He's all. He has to be a brooding guy. That's that's just like. You're not as fun you have to play a Yeah, I feel like guy. we went through this period where, like, every guy who was a lead on a show was just brooding. It was, like, mm. five or six years ago. It was just like, this guy might be good. We just have no idea. He just sits and thinks all the time. Maybe yeah. he's good. We have no fucking clue. Um, and for movies, too, like, the, Bat- the the Nolan Batman movies, good God, Christian Bale, just, like, fucking down, down key as hell in those movies. Yeah, N- Nolan, Nolan doesn't care so much about people sometimes like he when they matter he does but with batman he was like i want to tell a cool story this guy is kind of just there he's yeah. batman is never the best part of those movies ever no. not for a single second um but so like michael keaton stories. or whatever when he just was going insane on the screen sometimes yeah keaton keaton was a real real presence but you know different different styles true very true I, I guess there's that new one coming out, right? Matt Reeves is Batman. Matt Reeves with, with uh, Robert Pattinson, the best chef in America. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a man who, instead of boiling water and making pasta like every other human in the world, just throws it in the microwave. Seth, what if he's onto something? Hmm. What if he's onto something? He's not. What if What if we're the ones who been doing it wrong this whole time? We haven't. He that I I will not. I will not stand for this. That is the wrong way to make pasta. That reminds me, by the way, of... So there are these... Uh, there's a type of game people play. Uh, it's not called a math game. It's called. A, it's not a grand strategy. It's like a real-life, in-person reenactment of World War II, essentially. Like, But from the from the scale of like a strategy game. Like, a, It fills an entire like convention hall. That's how detailed we're getting with it, right? So it's like LARPing. It's, Exactly, sort of, yeah. There's, but there's not like there's it's not like, like uniform model UN meets LARPing. Exactly, yeah. Okay, got it. There's there's one game they they play, which it makes me laugh because somebody pointed this out at one point. It's got this rule book. It's like fucking a thousand pages, and it talks about the campaign. This is just the campaign of North Africa. All right, it's not the whole My fucking Lord. war. 
But one small rule is that Italian units in the game that are operating off Africa require one additional unit of water per turn to boil their pasta. pasta. Yes. Okay. Yep. yep. <laughs> it's just like and you have to plan on the fact that the Italians, they can't eat. The thing is, other units can, like, skip on the water for stuff. Not the Italians. They have to have that water. It's in the rules. Yeah. I mean, it's like the whole thing about, you know, I'm sure if you made a game like that, the whole the meme would be, oh, Ireland's got to have one more potato than everyone else. Because if not, they're going to, the whole country falls apart. Yeah, that's true. But that happened. We saw that. It actually did happen. That's so, what I'm saying. The potato happened. It's probably right. Oh, man. Speaking but, of, yeah. well, go ahead, Seth. Oh no, I was just doing a small transition into nothing. Well, I'm sad we don't have Marcus here because I, I want to talk about JoJo's bizarre adventure. Ah, uh, yes, young JoJo and his adventures that are a little peculiar. If you ask me, <laughs> you got a better title for it, Seth. I, that's so, what I do. As I discovered, the show is about a guy named J- Jonathan Joestar. Yes. So, I mean, from what I know, like, each series of the show is, like, or not each series, but they change timelines, basically, to, like, it's it always follows somebody in the Joestar family. Mm-hmm. And the first one we're following is Jonathan Joestar, which is, yeah. I guess that's why you get your name JoJo. Yeah. What takes place in Victorian England in, like, 1870-some shit. <laughs> so you're like, yeah. what? The show, they make no... No attempt to make that, any of that make sense. Are you watching the dub or a sub version? I started watching the dub, and it sounded pretty bad, so I started watching the sub. I'm sticking with dub, buddy, and the British accents, they just keep getting better. Oh, my lord. The so thing you that a... throws me for a loop is that the first episode covers, I don't know, like 20 years of time. Yes. Like, it moves at a lightning pace. And then the second episode, also still pretty fast. But in the first mm. episode, the two main characters, Jojo and Dio... They they look like, I mean, as far as anime goes, they look like regular fucking people. Please talk about this. And then, oh, by the way, they're in college now, and they're playing, like, rugby or something, and they look like Gears of War characters. <laughs> Their necks are, as, like, as big around as, like, hubcaps. And it's Their like, thighs but, are, like, 50-gallon drums! But everyone else still looks like a regular person. <laughs> yes! And it's it's like, wild! What? How does this happen? <laughs> They're like mutant freaks. And everyone else did not get hit by the meteor rays that turned them into these fucking yeah, the, monsters. The, the meteor rays. Because <laughs> they got meaty as shit. They're fucking just fucking statin' and jacked. Well, they're fucking playing rugby, and JoJo throws a fucking like lateral pass to yeah. Dio to win. Also, who are these brave souls who are playing rugby with these two monsters? <laughs> It's just, like, absolutely wild yeah, shit. It's like the if show a person say in real something. life was like, do you want to play rugby with two rhinos? <laughs> oh, also, by the way, they were very skilled at rugby, and they know strategy. Yeah. <laughs> no, no thank you. I don't want to do that. At one point, JoJo has, like, four guys hanging on to him, and he's still walking. I will say like, this. I made this comment to a couple friends of mine who've also seen the show, and they said, apparently, we've seen nothing yet when it comes to how big people can get. I just so apparently there are bigger guys in this show. But Seth, I have to tell you something. I know I've, I'm yeah. further ahead than you are. Yeah, I've yeah. Not yeah. seen episode three yet. Yeah. But JoJo makes a friend in episode three, Seth, and his name. And I'm not kidding you at this point. 
His name is Robert E.O. Speedwagon. <laughs> so his name is R.E.O. Speedwagon? People call him Speedwagon! Do people in Japan get that? Do they know Apparently they do. Speedwagon? I looked it up. Dio is a reference to Ronnie James Dio. Wow. Uh, I didn't think about that until right now. Yeah. Man, these are the people... Because it, it's based on a manga from, like, the 80s, right? Mm-hmm. So... And I'm assuming it's from Japan. Yeah. So they were just really obsessed with American rock music, I guess. Maybe the one guy writing it, I suppose, was. Yeah. I'm saying, I'm saying the writer, yeah, must have been obsessed with American rock music. When this motherfucker... First of all, this motherfucker comes out, he has Odd Jobs top hat, Seth. Mm, yes, he got, yes, yes. He's got razor blades on it. Mm-hmm. And he tries to kill... He tells Jojo, I want to wear your guts for garters. Okay, and I have fi- seen this episode. That's episode two. Okay, the, well, I, okay, did, I didn't hear his name, I guess, then. He doesn't say I would have three. popped off. Oh, okay, okay. Because I was like, wait, is this guy Oddjob? I remember that. <laughs> I was like, what the hell? And then also, by the way, when, when the Oddjob guy comes out, he fucking throws his hat, and then it, it like cuts his wrist down to the bone, and then yep. JoJo's still fighting. And then the next, uh-huh. he's not bleeding or anything. It's like, whatever. Which, I guess it's because his, his skin is probably, you know, thicker than all the rest of ours. But still, I was like... <laughs> No, this man would be incapacitated and need to go to a hospital right now. Let me tell you something, Seth. People in this show, they get fucked up, okay? I've watched a little bit further ahead. It's not like some Dragon Ball Z shit where everyone's punching and blocking and sometimes you might hear a bone break. People are getting arms and legs broken. Limbs are getting torn off. Skulls are getting crushed. Brains are getting fucking blown out. Wow. Like, it's extremely violent. That's some shit. So it's it's not what I was expecting at all. It's a very it's a, it's a very bizarre show. <laughs> okay, yeah. I mean, one day I'll I guess I'll eventually watch all three hundred episodes of it. But for now, I'll uh, yeah, I'll go slowly. I've been watching The Last Dance, so I've been trying to because I mean everyone's I mean, everyone talked about it, and I didn't watch it when everyone was talking about it. And I was like, hey, mm-hmm. I might as well watch it now that no one's talking about it. Um, it's pretty good though. I mean, you know, you were you were alive for some of it. Yeah, actually, I um, guess you were alive for all of it. But yeah. I don't know how conscious you are of everything around you. I remember when the Bulls played the Jazz one time for a uh, uh, NBA Finals, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I bet our dad the Bulls would win. I mean, you know, easy bet. Come on. Yeah. I bet he took it only because only because he knew that I would win. And yeah, I mean, I, kind of, I remember the Jordan dominance, man. So now that you've seen it, have you watched all of it yet? No, I'm. I have two episodes left. How do you feel about Jordan now? Have you reevaluated your uh, perspective on him? I definitely, I mean, I've always definitely thought he was an incredible athlete and most of all, a, a, a competitor. He, um, where some people might have the same amount of skill as him, just don't have the drive as him. Um, he had that and always did. But it's, people in the documentary are still very open to saying that he's not the nicest guy. Yeah, and it's very like he and that almost all the teammates, even the ones who were on good teams with him, were like, he is mean to people and he he's hard on people and he he's really rough. And then I don't know, I I mean he's definitely he's he's a, a a superstar, and but there there is a point where this documentary sometimes seems a, like a bit of a vanity project. Like I feel like mm-hmm. sometimes maybe there's a little more to the story, but Michael Jordan didn't want them to tell that part, so they didn't. Um, there's just little moments like that where it seems like something very important gets kind of cut off because Michael Jordan is like, oh, no, that didn't happen. Or, no, nah, I didn't do that or this or that. Um, but, I mean, I'm sure there's tons of shit that happens behind closed doors none of us know about. 
But, I mean, yeah, it's, I mean, it's incredible, especially considering that the man fucking retired after winning three championships in a row, played baseball out of nowhere, just, I want to play baseball now, and then came back and was still good at the game after entirely reshaping all of his muscles for fucking baseball, had to reshape his body again, like, in some Christian Bale shit, is much harder, obviously, and still played really well. That's that's impressive. I mean, that's one of those people who like you know it's the the some of the the proof that goes into like natural talent. Like there's not not anyone who's good at basketball can do what he did. Like not anyone who's good at anything can do what he did. Like unless they they have to have some kind of natural drive and natural talent. And he had that in space. But you're you're still in the camp that LeBron is still the best, right? Oh, I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm a LeBron guy till I die. No doubt, no doubt. Who won more championships? My, uh, Jordan. Okay. Jordan has six. LeBron has three. Wow, really? That many? Shit. Yeah. Is, but LeBron is it... has gone to the finals more times, oh, but okay. he's just lost several, 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 several. Well, that just means that Jordan had a higher success rate in the finals. He never lost in the finals. He was 6-0 really? in the finals. Yeah, all six times he went to the finals, he won. I've yeah. I've heard some stuff about Jordan, like the fact that he might... Isn't he a gambling... Was he oh, a gambling big, addict? big, big gambler. Still to this day, gambler. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big, he loves gambling. There was a part, and when they, were, they had a series against the New York Knicks one time, I was watching this part, and he's he he left for a couple hours with his dad. Like, for one night, him and his dad went to Atlanta City and gambled all night and then came back. People made a big deal about it, but that's just, like, that's just what he did. He was, like... He gambled. He played golf matches. He gambled with like high, high like high rollers. He like he owed some people like he pay, had to pay one guy like fifty thousand dollars from uh, golf debts and yeah he big into gambling big big big. I think he's also a cultural conservative as well. Yeah, there was a, one of the big points on the show that rubbed me the wrong way was uh, actually because he's from North Carolina. Well, he was born in New York, but he lived most of his life in North Carolina. He's a part owner of the basketball team, Charlotte Hornets. He went to UNC Chapel Hill. He's a North Carolina guy. And there was a, a, a Senate race, or a, a governor race, um, in North Carolina. And a black man was running. A black man Democrat was running against this white guy who was the incumbent. And he already had, like, three terms. <clears throat> and, you know, the, the, guy, the, the black man, I cannot remember his name at this point, but he was getting up a lot of steam. People were like people were endorsing him and everything, and Michael Jordan refused to. And when they asked him why, he was like, "Republicans buy sneakers too." Wow. And he wanted to sell sneakers. Now, of course, he apparently said that on a bus as a joke with some friends, but still, it kind of goes into the point where at the end of the day, he's definitely a capitalist, and he he wants because you can't gamble if you don't have any money, and he but, did not want to rub anybody the wrong way for money. But he did definitely not endorse, right? Yeah, he didn't, and then he lost. the the, okay. the The black man did lose in the end. I'm not saying that Jordan would have his would have swung things one way or the other, but come on, dude. Yeah. Um, also, it's incredible how big. Like, if you want to talk about people who like, I think he's up there with like the yeah. other MJ, Michael Jackson, as like an incredible international star. Yeah. I mean, everywhere there there are countries he'd never been to, never been. They would have fifty foot posters of Michael Jordan, like countries that were just now getting into basketball. We're like. This is our guy. Like, kind of how China treated Kobe Bryant for all the for a long time. Is like, this is just our guy. Like, we yeah. he he ride or die. This is the best guy. And like, it didn't matter. People didn't people didn't fucking watch basketball. We're like, I want to. I I love Michael Jordan. Like, this is the guy. And it's it, it is incredible to watch somebody be that big of a star. Because I think now, even though there's like, 
there's more ways to be famous, like, especially, like, including the internet, like, people who, you know, like, these YouTubers and these streamers and, like, different musical acts who wouldn't always get famous are all getting, like, more traction now. But because of that, you know, so, so, so many ways to get famous, so many famous people, there's less people who are, like, that big. Like, mm-hmm. that person who, like, no matter what, you're going to point to them. Like, I don't even know. The, the most recent person like that might be I mean, Taylor Swift, maybe. I mean, who is, like... Possibly internationally recognized as you know one of the biggest superstars there is i mean and it's and even her she has nothing on someone like michael jackson i mean no no none of them her and drake have like don't even touch michael jackson in that regard of everyone knowing who you are um so yeah it's it's very it's very interesting to watch someone like that um and see just how different fame used to be like um yeah the 24-hour news cycle sometimes it was just all about michael jordan like when michael jordan's dad died michael jordan's dad got murdered by the way Wait, what? Yeah, his his dad was in North Carolina, uh, on the border of North and South Carolina, fell asleep, he pulled over on the side of the road and fell asleep in his car, um, and then was shot two times in the chest by two 18-year-old kids and thrown into a river. Jesus Christ! Um, And people, after this happened, I mean, and I'm not going to say I know what happened, but after this happened, the news was like, oh, Michael Jordan, it was because of his gambling debts. People came after his father or whatever, and it's like, you, like... You gotta imagine how shitty that'd be for a person. Like your dad just died. Now they're just like, oh, it's probably his fault. It's like what? I mean, surely it was a random killing, right? Like yeah, apparently. I mean, like they they robbed him. They like took took all the shit out of his car, took his money, and then like killed him. Or whatever. So I guess it was just two young punks who like found something easy to steal on the side of the road. Didn't know. Didn't even know who they were killing. Jesus God. Dude, but yeah, I didn't, I didn't know that his dad was fucking straight up murdered and thrown into a river. That's fucked up. Yeah. But I took a cl- I took a class Crazy. in college on the history of advertising, and there were the professor had these. How much scotch did you drink? A lot, dude. It was yeah. also too much. I'm sure there was a mini bar in the classroom. Yeah, there really was. Uh, there was like these three cultural, well, four technically cultural figures that the, the, the uh, professor counted out as being like legendary status: Mickey Mouse, Jesus Christ, okay, and the two MJ's. Yeah, it was like. They were humongous. And then he said, back in the day, you could have put the Beatles on that list as well. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. The Beatles definitely had that. But yeah, it was like, Michael Jordan, Michael Jackson were just out of this world in terms of popularity, which transcended culture. Like, like Michael Jordan's music was popular in the fucking Soviet Union. Michael Jackson. I mean, Michael Jackson, sorry. Yes. <laughs> yeah, Michael Jordan's music was not very popular. No, it was not. Um, did, he have, did he do any no. music? Oh, God, I hope not. Are we sure he didn't do like a guitar album or something like that? That would be in line with my vision of him. Like a like a Seth MacFarlane like jazz <laughs> album make out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, or like uh, I might Steven get there Seagal, in, the, in the episode. Steven Seagal's uh, songs from the Crystal Cave that he did. It's two weeks in a row we've mentioned Steven Seagal. Is that <laughs> what we did? Did we? What is, did he mention me out last week? I think we yeah we we either mentioned him last week or we talked about him off podcast, but whatever. Steven Seagal is a fucking crazy actor. Yeah, he is. I always wonder why he wasn't in the Expendables, but I think he's not quite the same action movie tier, right? Yeah, he's not the same tier, and I mean, not that any of them look great, but he definitely looks worse for wear than the rest of them. Yeah, he yeah. put on pounds. He did. Uh, but yeah, speaking of North Carolina, real quick, Seth. Yep. Uh, hit me with did it. you see what happened today with uh, with Trump and North Carolina? No. So North Carolina was supposed to be the location 
of the RNC in August. Yes. And I think your governor, Roy Cooper is his name? Yep. Is saying that they will not be able to fill the arena to capacity for the, the RNC because of the lockdown and the COVID stuff. And so Trump made a long tweet thread today basically threatening that he will take the RNC somewhere else if Roy Cooper does not oh, no. lift the lockdown. What will I ever do? And he's talking about how he loves people in North Carolina and he thinks they're the great people in America, but they're da- that damn Democrat governor of theirs is just fucking things up. Yeah, and then Roy Cooper has put us on this three-phase program to get the the state back open, which we just entered the second phase of last Friday, where restaurants and other places are allowed to be open with certain like social distancing rules. Um, and much like Georgia, as phase two started, we had our biggest number of deaths in like a single week or a single couple of days um, because of it. And uh, no, no scaling back has been announced yet, and I'm just like, Oh, this is what happens. People act like it. People act like it's all over just because they want it to be. Yeah, it's one of those things where it's all wishful thinking on the the COVID front. Yeah, and it's like we've literally done nothing to actually prevent it, or yeah. to, to cure it, or to do anything like that. And we're just like, oh, we waited enough time. It sh- we it should be done. But there's no evidence saying we that we're we're done or even halfway done. There was this company last week that announced they have they, they thought they they have a COVID nineteen vaccine in their in, in trials, and the fucking stock market surged nine hundred points on that news. And then this week it comes out that actually no, their vaccine does not really work, and the market went up five hundred points. So the market really has no relationship to to you know anything anymore. Yeah, the stock market is made up bullshit. And no one should believe in it because it's just a, it's a number that you can manipulate however you want apparently, but when it goes down, it ruins everyone's lives like out of yeah. nowhere. I don't. I it just it makes no sense. It's an imaginary number that we made up. Well, it's not pegged to any kind of real measure of like labor or resources. It's just an imaginary number that as yeah. long as it goes up, the rich can get richer. But if it goes down, the poor have to suffer. Yeah, it's a number that just is. I mean, much like currency is just a perceived value. It's like, yeah. this is what we imagine the market is worth. It's, it has no basis in reality. No. It's like I'm a video sure game. That's all it is. It's just like a video game. You just pump the numbers up, pump them down. It, it, I don't know. And then sometimes it shatters the entire job market. Which, yeah. if, if, if something like that can happen, maybe rethink your system. Yeah. It's like you could watch... The movie like Wolf of Wall Street, and for all of its insanity, that's pretty much how it is. That's yeah. That's from what I've heard from the, the people who wrote the books and all that. It's pretty accurate to how that shit went down. There's no, there's no reality to it. Like they're they're completely detached from the real world and, and how things work here. Yeah, it's disgusting. But and uh, and uh, what was that thing that happened? The other movie, The Big Short, obviously another big uh, situation that occurred with um, the stock market being completely fucked. Um, but somebody was talking about how we need to end the lockdown, right? Got to get it, got to get back to work because all these small businesses, like like restaurants, cannot handle uh, being closed down for too long. Yeah, and that even if it turns out things are okay and we we can lift the lockdown and come back to work, they'll still have failed because their bills can't be paid. And my thought was, well, maybe that's a problem with the system and not so much 
the disease. Yeah. If the disease can cause it to happen, the system was flawed. Yeah, it's weird. Um, because, like, I think I mentioned this on the podcast a couple weeks ago, is that when the situation started, or, like, a couple weeks into it, and people were like, okay, small businesses are going to be failing. Um, there was a bunch of big analysts who were like, oh, well, small small bus- individuals and small businesses should save up for these kind of um, mm-hmm. disasters. They should be they should be prepared um, financially. And I'm like, okay, cool. That's what's supposed to happen. Obviously, it's impossible for all of us to do it, but whatever. That's what we're supposed to do. And then you see these multi-billion dollar companies who are getting bailouts. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, so a company who definitely could save up for this didn't. Yeah. And, but it's fine for them. But we who can't didn't. And we're getting shit on for no reason. It, it, yeah. it, it's they're completely blind to all logic, or they see the logic, but they have to maneuver around it because they realize their jobs depend on it. And mm-hmm. it doesn't matter if mom and pop close down as long as fucking uh, Northrop Grumman is still making guns, they're fine. You know. Also, it's like it's like save up for a pandemic, a thing that hasn't happened in a hundred fucking years. Should we also save up for the for the asteroid strike? Is that something yeah. we should save up for as well? Or the, the mega volcano erupting? Should we save up for alien fucking invaders? Like, I don't know. Where's the line? You know? Yeah. It's like, even if you have, like, even people who have, like, some savings, let's say the people who are allowed to have, you know, maybe a few thousand dollars scrolled away. I mean, let's say they, like, they, they lose their job because of a pandemic, which they could not have predicted. I mean, even then, with how much shit costs these days, how much money would you, like, let's say you lost your job, maybe two or three weeks from the pandemic, how much money would you have to have saved up then to conti- at least continue what was your lifestyle for as long as you could? Like, what would you, like, there, there's not, and it depends where you live. If you live fucking in Atlanta where Marcus lives, it's a lot higher than if you live in fucking Georgia or North Carolina. Yeah. But even then, like, it sucks. Like, mm-hmm. what do you do in that scenario? We, we didn't predict, we didn't know this was going to happen. And even if we did, I can't just save up $50,000 in two months. I can't even make right. that in two months. I mean, what exactly. do you mean? You save up for things that, that no one could have predicted were going to happen. You know, like, we, we not, we, a, a pandemic has not happened in the living memory of 99% of human beings on the face of this earth. Yep. And everybody told us it wouldn't be a pandemic. Everyone said they, they'd fix it first or that they could contain it. Yeah, it wouldn't even get to America. They're like, oh, yeah, yeah it, won't even, it won't even get here. I don't even worry about that. And then when we first shut down, it was like, oh, this is two weeks. Two yeah. weeks we're going back. And I'm like, what? Well, how delusional can people fucking be? I mean, either, like I said, either they are delusional or they know the truth and just have to maneuver around it for capital. Yeah. That's the only two options. I can't see any other way. Did you see what Facebook is doing to their employees now? No. I mean, this is not just to their their line, you know, people. It's just to the, the the people who work on the computers themselves. Yeah. Is they've gone remote, right, for the rest of the year. You can work remote from home. Yeah. But they are going to start adjusting your salary based on where you live. So if you decide you want to move away from the fucking Bay Area where things cost, where it costs like $100 for a cup of coffee and move to like, <laughs> yes. you know, Idaho or some shit where a house costs yeah. $2. <laughs> it, they're going to adjust your pay accordingly now yeah. to that, which uh, is <laughs> fucked. Yeah. I don't, and I, I did see that Twitter made an uh, announcement where they're like, our employees can work from home forever. Yeah. They're like, what are, they're like, you guys don't have to come out of the office if you don't want. And I'm like, I'm sure there's a caveat to that, but I mean, hey, I guess that's going to work for some people. 
but I wonder if they're going to start doing the thing that, that Facebook is doing now. Yeah. Where I did see a, I saw a story about this guy who fucking he worked at some tech company in the, the fucking Silicon Valley, and he was like, oh, to save money on my apartment what i do is i actually live in utah and i fly to la every weekend and i have uh, i found a, a extended stay hotel there and the, the combined cost of my extended stay to hotel for four nights a week in california plus my plane tickets plus my apartment in utah is less than an apartment in silicon valley so i'm actually saving money how fucked is that though that's crazy who on earth thinks that's okay like, that should tell you something about about how just how absolutely fucked everything is in the urban centers. Yeah, Go- Google has developers who make like six figure salaries, but they live in an apartment, like one person apartment. They just live in in shifts. Like, yeah. oh, I live for for twelve hours. You live here for twelve hours. Whenever your shift at Google's over, I take my shift at Google, and then we just go back and forth. It's like, and these guys make like what you'd think would be fucking amazing money. They don't yeah. have fucking. They don't. First of all, they don't have time to spend it, and they live in a place where it's so expensive they can't afford anything else. Yeah, it's fucked. Who who, who thinks that property value is a myth? It yeah. should be destroyed. Also, who's flipping burgers in Silicon Valley? What's that your commute? That's something I've always wondered. Is do either all of them live with their parents? Who are su- successful millionaires in fucking Silicon Valley who, for some reason, have their kids working at Starbucks. Or they fucking ride a bus for four to six hours a day just to get to work. It has to be the latter in a lot of cases, I think. Because yeah. you cannot afford to live there. The Bay Area is just as bad. You know, San Francisco, who the fuck can afford to live where all the tech people work? Yeah, it's crazy. It's 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 just fucked. It's like we, we've talked about that fucking the housing pods idea before, stuff like that. These solutions that capitalists are trying to come up with the problem. Yeah, they're like, oh, in Japan, people live in apartments that are 100 square foot. And I'm like, yeah, also, we shouldn't be aiming to have our working conditions the same as they are in Japan. We should yeah. all aim to get better. Yeah. <laughs> we should all strive as a fucking global community to be better to people. Yeah, Japan's a very different culture uh, from us, obviously. Yeah. And I'm not knocking it or anything. They have their reasons. They have material conditions that drive them. But we don't have to have those same material conditions over here. Yeah. We have an abundance of space and relatively few people for the space we do have. People could work remote in a lot of these jobs. And if you can't, we could we could afford... We, we, rent does not need to be as high as it is. There's no reason for it to be that high. Rent shouldn't exist. That's true, I mean, yeah. You have, like... It, I mean, I guess technically you don't. But if you... If you have a job and you want to live somewhere what what is what is this bullshit of having to pay for it like i yeah. don't get this shit like rent sense. rent existed in the ussr but it was insanely affordable compared to the comparable places in the u.s like if you think about moscow to be the equivalent of dc it was insanely expensive or, or affordable to live in fucking moscow by yeah. comparison now if we equitably use space in rural and urban areas People could all have a fair amount of space. Like you, you wouldn't. People wouldn't have their mega mansions that are you know fucking fifty million square feet. Mm-hmm. But everyone would have a livable space. Yeah. And 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 we just refuse that. We're like, oh no, people have to have their mansions. People have to be able to do this. You have to buy vast parts of land and do nothing with them. There's so many lots in this in America that where construction could have happened or didn't happen or anything. I mean, and it's just they're just sitting there. It could be used equitably for everyone. Did you know that Jeff Bezos bought the mansion across the road from his mansion? That's something a, a lot of these billionaires are doing. 
and I mean, Zuckerberg yes. bought every property. They bought around yes, him. he bought every house in his neighborhood. So they could look at him, I guess. Yeah, because they want to be in in privacy or whatever. I'm sure the guy who lived in the mansion next to you would let the paparazzi in to come to come take pictures of you. Come on. Yeah, it, it, I mean it's crazy because like, when you're talking about how like we're talking about how developers can't even afford their own apartment, and these guys can buy six mansions in the same city that all cost you know ten, twenty, fifty million dollars. Yeah, it, it's fucking ridiculous. It's like uh, remember this time last year when the big thing people were talking about was the, the Chernobyl show. Yeah, I remember when people were talking about that show. They were talking about. They were like, why does the main character, the scientist guy, live in an apartment that's about as good as the fireman's apartment in Pripyat? And I'm like, because they didn't give a shit about the, about why should you get a bigger house because your job requires more education or whatever. Also, like, do you think scientists these days have super nice yeah. apartments? What, 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 is, what weird world do you live in? Well, even then... The guy, remember the fucking scene where the town's, like, the town council basically comes together and decides what to do, and yeah. there's that guy in the corner who's, like, in charge of the whole goddamn thing, and when the government decides to do the evacuation, they go to his apartment and get him, put him on a bus, so everybody else take him out of town. People are like, why is, why is the, the mayor of the town essentially living in a building with everybody else? And I'm like... What, what, what a weird thought that would be. What if the <laughs> yeah. mayor understood all the struggles of everyone around him? Yeah. What a strange way to govern. Somebody was like, it would be like, it would be like if the person, if the person in charge, oh God, oh, I'm going to sound so stupid right now, as opposed to most times, don't even, don't say it, Seth. Um, was it Philadelphia where Pruitt Igo was at? Or was it Detroit? I mean, I'm dumber than you. I have no, I, I, have I think, no idea. I think it was Philadelphia, but it was like, what if, because the mayor of that city did go live in Pruitt Igo for like a, a week. She made it a month, but she was going to live, or a week, uh, but she was going to live there for a month. Um, to like prove that it was actually okay to live in the Pruitt Igo was the big you know housing development of the future the apart the, the, the high rise like low income housing development it's like would it be so crazy for the person who's in charge of the city to live in a normal person's apartment I don't think so no it would maybe it would even give you some insight and you know some perspective on what people actually care about it's just one of those weird things man it's like uh. Just the disparity we have between where people can live and how they can live is crazy. Like, San Francisco has one of the highest homeless populations in the U.S., but it's the center of the most important industry in America, which is the tech you know, industry. Yeah. And how do you reconcile those two thoughts? Uh, as I said before, they look at them and they maneuver past them because they want to keep making money. They don't think they're human, I guess, is what it is. They don't consider it to be, or they're like, we can't... I think a lot of people say that whole people are mentally ill. They want to say, oh, they can't live in a house because they, 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 they couldn't take care of it. They don't have the mental ability to do so. And I'm like, have you ever talked to a homeless person? Most of them are on the level human beings. Like, Yeah. And even then, shouldn't we be putting the homeless people who have mental illness problems into, you know, facilities that can take care of them and help them? You know, isn't that yeah. something we should be doing? facilities that can actually help them that'd be so nice it's like so how many veterans are homeless i'm like maybe we should consider that idea yeah we're on fucking it's on fucking memorial day and we don't think about all the fucking veterans out here who can't even li- afford to live in the country anymore even though we fucking chalk it up to them all the time i do want to talk about something real quick by the way hit me with it this is a tweet from jeff fuck 
who says here, well, basically, uh, there's a woman on Twitter, and she's talking about talking. She's talk, calling Obama President Drone Strikes because mm. he did more drone strikes than any other president in history. Um, he says uh, drones are superior to the technology they replace, cruise missiles. They are more accurate and cause less collateral damage. And until America becomes a true pacifist state, which won't be anytime soon, their use is better than the alternative options. Well, I mean, just what a fucking idiot. Um, first you know, of all, fucking alternatives like not blowing people up. Yeah, I mean, the alternative is you don't have to kill anyone. And also, I do want to give a, a, a small defense to Barack Obama real quick. To be fair, presidents like uh, George Washington couldn't order drone strikes. We don't know how many he could have potentially done. That's true. So I do, I do want to say that. He, the potential drone strikes was really really high on some of these earlier guys. George Washington killing every Barbary pirate in existence. <laughs> predator drones hunting them down. What do you think the, original, like, the founding fathers would have done with, with drones? With predator oh drones? My. They would have probably taken out the British, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, or the Canadians, which I guess were still British at the time. But it's just like, in this guy's brain, though, he can only imagine that we're going to blow up weddings with drones, kill them with cruise missiles, or, I don't know, send in the Marines to gun them down. He can't even consider the option of, maybe we just don't. And he, he mentions being a pacifist state, which is yeah. funny, because he, he is like, oh, many times soon. I'm like, what part of your argument says we can't be. Like you're saying we need an alternative to doing this. The alternative is to not do it. I mean, I agree that we're a long way from becoming a pacifist state, but here's a simple fact. We could stop this one part. This yeah. one thing, we could just stop doing it. There's also, no need. Also, he makes it sound like America wants to be a pacifist state, like we're begging to be. And that that has never flown in America. Like, America is at, like, pe- people are only truly happy when we're fucking killing other people. Like, I when wars start, people get happier. It's a fact. I think the people in power are that way. But I think the I mean, average yeah. person would prefer not to be constantly at war. Well, yeah, but, I mean, you got to think about it. I mean, when wars start, approval ratings go up. People yeah. people start to rally behind because they, they want something to rally behind. And, I mean, not that we, I mean, there's plenty of things we can rally behind, but the war is an easy one. It's like uh, me, uh, me versus you. And it happens. I mean, pe- people do respond to it. Well, I think that. That really happened in 9-11 because we were attacked, you know, and all of a sudden, oh, because think about it. Every time we've gone to war and, and people have loved it, we were attacked first. You know, you got the Seeky Lusitania, you got Pearl Harbor. Pearl Harbor, yeah. But the Korean and Vietnam Wars, nobody's sitting around talking about how great they were, you know? Yeah, that would be weird. Like Vietnam, the veterans came back from that got spit on, which I do disagree with because a lot of those guys were conscripts. They were draftees. They had no choice in the matter. It was go to war or go to jail. So I understand yeah. that why you would do that. The volunteers, I had no sympathy for. It's just, I mean, but... And today, we have no more conscription. I guess it's Memorial Day. We can talk about this. Yeah. We don't have conscription anymore, but we have a de facto conscription where if your life is shitty enough and your prospects are limited enough, the military looks like a, an, a good alternative. The military can trick you into joining it pretty yeah. easily. I mean, I still get recruiter calls from the Mar- the Marines and the Army um, because I took a fucking standardized test in high school fucking 10 years ago at this point or however long. And they're like, oh, yeah, your score was high enough. We, we want you to do this. And I'm like, I'm just not interested, dude. I'm really not. 
And you know they're hoping that your life's gonna get bad enough one day that you'll, you'll join up, right? Like, that's yeah, or that goal. I'm just a fucking rube. I don't know what the I don't know what they think is gonna happen, but I don't care. I mean, and I've had friends from high school who went to the army. These recruiters promised them it's like, hey, when you go to the army, you're gonna you'll probably have you know seventy hundred k in the bank. You'll be able to buy yourself a car. We'll get you a job. You'll be set forever. And those people fucking lining up at the VA because they can't get their prescriptions. They're unemployed, and it's like, yeah, the military doesn't do shit. Like, there's a couple of guys who make it high enough. These recruiter guys were the guys who were lucky enough or took enough shit to get there. The careerists, basically. Yeah, careerists. And even if you want to be that, you're not 100% chance you're going to become one. And they have, yeah, they have a pretty nice life doing what they're doing. But, I mean, you can't promise that everybody who comes in, but they do. And they're like, oh, this is what you get. Remember back in the 90s, there was a commercial for the Marines, maybe you were too young, where the guy fights the fire, the Balrog? I've seen the, the modern-day ones where they're like playing Call of Duty, basically, but I've not seen yeah. this one, no. There's a commercial I remember from when I was a kid where a, a guy in full, not even like Marine-like battle uniform, but like dress uniform, like pulls out his fucking little-ass sword and fights a literal fire demon from hell. Uh, was it the Balrog from Lord of the Rings? It was before that even happened. And it was like, Marines, be all you can be or some shit. But have you noticed that recently they've transitioned away from a lot of that stuff, and it's become more like learn skills that will help you, and you get a job, yeah. and and you just see like you don't see no shooting, you see like at a computer or they're working at a machine somewhere. Yeah, they're at a desk, and it's right. like, and it's like we you you promise your fucking life to us, and we'll get you a regular job. That's yeah. what we'll get you, but you'll just have to be part of the military. I know a lot of people have talked about this: the fact that they signed up for the military wanting to get a job that would, that would train them in skills, right? Like yeah. computers or electronics, technician, like technical stuff, and ended up being in the fucking infantry, you know, with yep. a gun. Which teaches you, from what I understand, very little in terms of usable skills outside of murdering people. Yeah, people, and people come back and they're fucked up. Yeah. And we wonder why, and then we give them no options and let them out to dry. I know that mil- the military is a, is a testy subject on the left. Cause a lot of people want to say that everybody in the military is an evil monster who deserves to die for being in the, the boot of imperialism. But I think that ignores, like we're talking about, the economic realities of some people who come from poor and disadvantaged communities. Not yeah. the officers, fuck the officers, but the enlisted men and women, the soldiers who had no better choice. Yeah. Um, and also, I mean, it's like you mentioned about the people who volunteer for Vietnam. I mean, in my mind, I'm not even, I don't even like, I don't even think all of them are evil because it, and when you think about it, I mean, how many of these guys were 100% abreast of what was going on over there and while we were fighting? Some of them were probably just guys who were like, oh yeah, I'll, I'll fight for my country. They're telling me something bad's happening. I guess it is. I mean, and you tell people these days, I mean, pe- people these days, if they don't, if they don't, if they're not abreast of what's going on and they don't stay up to date, they can feel like they're doing the right thing. And, and, it, and that's something else they prey on. They're like, oh yeah. no, th- being in the military is the right thing to do. Only and 1% they, of the population is in it, and you're the good ones. And they spend billions upon untold billions to make you think the enemies of America are are, are actually the threat. Yeah. When they're not. They're just telling you they're the bad guys. They don't, they're not giving you any... They're not giving you a full background of the history that we have in all these countries. And history we have of tampering with other governments um, in all these places. They don't give you any of that. They're just like, we're good guys, they bad guys, you fight. Mm, and it worked. I mean... Because a lot of people don't have the time to invest in this, or don't maybe even have the resources to, you know, or don't even know what to look up. They're yeah. like, okay, I guess this is what it is. Sign my name. 
because I think a lot of our history classes, or if you can call it that, education in general, is, is centered around not talking about the bad stuff. Yeah, especially back in Vietnam days. I mean, those guys couldn't go on the internet and look up what was going on and be like, oh, maybe this is a bad decision. They were like, oh, yeah, this, yeah, sure, this sounds good. And they yeah. went and got fucked up. They got mm-hmm. fucking, they got their minds fucking ripped open and they lost the war. America still pretends we won for some reason. I don't know yeah. what, what's up with that. Well, oh yeah, that's, we won that one. Yeah, you don't hear a whole lot about how that war ended. You just hear that it ended. Yeah, but when you, you talk about talk World about War Two or any of those, it's like America swooped in and we won the we won the war. We were the dream team, you know. Yeah, and, uh, BE was, Day and all that. You know, yeah, it's all bullshit. They show you the picture of that sailor kissing that woman in Times Square, and it's like, yeah, baby, we won the war. And it's like, I guess, but at what cost, you know? Like, At what cost? And then also, Vietnam, even worse example, we lost that fucking war, I mean, pretty badly. We should never have fought it in the first place. Helping the French out? Come on, guys. Like, yeah, fuck that. never works out. Their colonial holdings. But, I, I, yeah, I think, I think that I've met a lot of people from the military who are now pretty staunch leftists. They went over there, they experienced what it was like to be an imperialist, you know, or well, a soldier of imperialism, and they did not feel good about it. And they came back and they got a political education. They understood that what, why, what happened was wrong. And we can't turn... It's not like they're cops, you know. They, 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 it's not like that, where a cop wakes up every day in the country he's oppressing. And just like... And it's his own people around him and stuff like that. Like, Yeah. There's a lot of copaganda, just like there is military stuff to, to think about. But I do think that, that a lot of a lot of troops do come back either fucked up or they do come back. There are plenty of chuds and the oorah crowd who didn't learn a single fucking thing, and that's just how it is. That's going to be the, the fact. Yeah. But a lot of people come back understanding that that was wrong, and we yeah. can't we can't kick them to the curb. I don't think because people can learn and they can they can improve. I agree. Um, so yeah, Memorial Day is a weird holiday for a lot of reasons. Um, but hey, I um, get off work, so <laughs> fuck them. Yeah. Yeah, officers are like the bosses of the military, right? So fuck those guys. Yeah. If you're above a sergeant, get the fuck out of here. I don't want to talk to you. Um, what do they call those guys? Non-commissioned officers, like sergeants, I guess. Yeah. Those guys are okay. Anyway, Seth, is that an episode, you think? That's a a, a a grep, a great a grep episode, great episode. Wow, okay, we're I'm, I'm, new terminology. I'm putting it into a, the Hall of Fame already. Okay. We can't, I, I guess, uh, I'm not sure where Marcus is, got to get him back from next week. But uh, Played video games with him, but I have no idea where he is. All right, well, uh, this has been the Illenials Podcast. My name is Smith, you can find me on Twitter, at MCSurf. My name is Seth. You can find me on Twitter at Seth and on Letterboxd at Knazeres. K-Y-N-A-Z-E-R-A-S. Uh, been watching a lot of TV, so that's still Pulp Fiction was the last movie I watched. And five stars. Okay. Uh, let's see. Uh, Seth, who does... Well, our art is done by Marcus Barkley. You can find him on Twitter at... Or, sorry, on Instagram at Mr. Beaches. Uh, I think his song is done by Ben Powell. He's been a guest on the show before. Um, he has his own podcast called Southern Smackdown where they talk about wrestling and both from the South. So if that sounds interesting, go check it out. You can lead a horse of water, but you can't make it under it. Uh, fuck the officers in the military. <laughs> we have stopped trying to solve our problem, starting to outlive them. And from New Orleans to New York, that's the Illinois Podcast, baby. We're out. Out. <laughs>